Glad you're here this morning. We're going to be in Revelation today. We're going to turn to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. We begin a new direction this morning as we did in Sunday school. Finished up the last time we were together in the book of Mark. It was about a year and a half, I understand. Almost two. Almost two. Let's hold her down in the gallery. Thank you. The book of Revelation. So we are going to be focusing in the next few weeks on the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And it is, in my estimation, a composite of the history of the church. It is to seven actual real churches. Could you explain that more carefully and maybe know that everybody understands what you're saying? Yeah. The revelation of Jesus Christ is just that. It's the revealing, the un taking the blinders off, if you will. It's the revealing the revelation of Jesus Christ and to the Apostle John, we're going to find out. The message is given. And we're going to look in a few moments, and uh, I guess I'll accelerate this now a little bit. We're going to look in a few moments that it was given to John to the seven churches. It is a message to the churches. The world at large tells you the book of Revelation is nonsense and it doesn't make sense and it's just there to scare you. It's because they are not born again. They have no spirit of God. They have no understanding. And frankly, if you don't understand the rest of the Bible fairly well, the Revelation will be a closed book. It will be a mystery. It is an opening of the mystery. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the thing that God himself titled the revelation of Jesus Christ. In your Bible and many Bibles and I have some in my own possession that say that it is the revelation of John, St. John the Divine. It is not the revelation of St. John the Divine. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revealing of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, and you, if you have any spirit of God in you, and you have to if you're born again, if you're a Christian, the thing that your heart desires is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is to know more about him. It is to understand him. It is to follow him. And we look in just a moment that the word servant is used twice in the opening statement. And that word means bond slave. That's very simple, bond slave. The American idea of servanthood is, is negative and, and uh, kind of revolting to the American populace today, but the word used is bond slave. And Paul called himself in his epistles, by the way, I, Paul, a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Do you know what bond slave means? Not my will, but thine be done. A slave would go every morning to his master's cabin, knock on the door and say, here am I, what would you have me to do? Here am I, what would you have me to do today? And some of them were sent to another place with the signet of the owner where he would drop his, uh, on a note of any kind, a document, a legal treaties or a bank draft, he would drop wax from a candle and stick his ring on there and seal it. And then he'd become an ambassador for that person. And we're told we're, we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. This is not our home. This certainly is not our home. I'm, I'm very glad about that. But this is not our home. So we're going to look into the revelation. We're going to open today with the introduction. The first chapter, we'll not get that far, I promise you. 
But we're going to look at what it means to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, Revelation 1 and 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel and his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John 2, the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be to you and peace which is uh, from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this hour. Oh, what a privilege it is to stand before you, to sit before you, to praise before you. And we worship today who you are. We thank you today, Father, that you've called us and given us understanding to answer. We understand it's by your grace that we are in your family. And Father, we pray for those who don't understand. We pray for those who are rejecting the call, believing their reasons are legitimate. And if it's because people who call themselves Christians are ugly and have been untoward to them, we understand. But Father, we just pray that your spirit would teach us. Teach us to behave as your people. To speak, to talk, to live, and to act as your people. Lord, to every person here this morning who is born again, we understand, have a ministry. At the end of the day, at the end of the hour, at the end of this life, we'll all stand before you and give account of what we did with our life. And so, our Father, we just ask now, as you, by your Spirit, through your Word, and your power, Reveal to our hearts Jesus Christ. Help us to appropriate these truths, to assimilate them, to learn, to grow by them. Help us to understand, Father. Help us to understand who we are because of who Jesus is, who you are, who the Holy Spirit is. And we thank you for the honor and the privilege and give you the glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. Some years ago, I was reading a book, and one of my favorite books that became. I'll give you the author name if you if you want to want to see more about this fellow. Name is Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. I A N John. Ian Thomas. I'm reading his book, The Saving Life of Jesus. 
the saving life of Jesus. And I hear Adrian Rogers, my favorite actually, and I just, I don't mind saying that. Adrian Rogers talked about Ian Thomas' book, Saving Life of Jesus, changed his ministry when he was young. I thought, wow, he is good. Someone else believed that at least. And he says in this book, he comes to a place and he said, I want you Christians to understand this. It is the life that Jesus lived that qualified him for the death that he died. You can read past that if you want to. It is the life that Jesus lived that qualified him for the death that he died. You know how much he loves us? The death that he died qualifies us for the life that we're called to live. Praise God. Oh. That was the day the Lord wanted me to know that. It jumped off the page. It stuck in my mind. It got between my ears and rattled around in there. The life that Jesus lived qualified him. Nobody else that ever lived was qualified to die the death that Jesus died. And that death that he was qualified by his life to die, then in turn qualifies us for the life that we're called to live. Now I'm going to tell you something this morning. I want to say this to you. that I'm going to, I'm going to preach this more this year than I have before. And it's a warning to you. It might thin the church out, and I'm okay with that. But here's the theme of my ministry now. You, born-again people, everybody, but the born-again people who I'm addressing this morning and who I talk to and who I care to get this message the most, because it doesn't matter other than that, here is the thing. You were born with a purpose and a plan from the throne of God. You, were, you think, well, my, my folks weren't perfect. They weren't even good. They weren't even close. And I got messed up along the way. God knows. I'm telling you, he puts you in your family, in your place, in your time with a purpose, a God-given purpose for a life and a plan for your life and the power and the authority to fill that plan. And then by at least one from the Holy Spirit gift, he gifted you to fulfill that plan. Praise God. And I talk to Christians all the time, and very few people say, I say, you live in your plan, you live in your purpose, you believe you're doing what God made you to do. And people tell me how much money they make. No, don't, no, listen, please don't get mad at me. Don't, don't just push this away. Unlike, unlike it in the human realm, when we stand at the feet of Jesus, when we stand before him at what he calls the Bema seat. Capital B, Bema. It is the, it is the seat at the uh, arena where the athletes ran, where they got the crown for winning. It is the judgment seat. Not only did you win, did you win lawfully? Did you stay in your lane? Did you not trip the other fella? Did you get all those things off you that would encumber you to win the race? Did you do it well? That's the judgment seat of Christ. But here's what people are going to find according to the scriptures, and we're going to look at it a lot more in the days to come. This is what people are going to find. Success in this world. You may be very successful in this world and stand before the Lord and find out you were very unsuccessful in His plan. Now, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. But I'll tell you this, and I believe this, and I've talked to a lot of people, and I've lived some time now. 
the thing that God called you to do. The very thing God gifted you to do, He planned for you to do, He purposed for you to do, that very thing will haunt you if you don't do it. It will always be there haunting you if you don't do it. Always. And people say, I don't know. I don't know what God would call. I don't know my calling. I don't know my purpose in life. You know what? Get on your knees, get the Word of God, and get talking to the Lord. And if you're not saved, it's not going to work anyway. You'll never hear from Him. People say, the Lord talks to you. Doesn't He talk to you? I don't hear an audible voice like I'm talking to you. And I'm glad when I'm talking to the Lord, it's not like talking to you. I'm glad about that. The way He speaks and communicates and the way He gives His Spirit to us. He'll confirm it. Or he'll deny it. You'll understand if you study the Lord's word and speak to him and honestly contend. He'll speak to you. And so we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that in the last chapter of the book, and I'm going to do this a lot in these studies, by the way. I'm going to take you to other places and, and compare some things. But in the 22nd chapter, verse 10, it says, he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. I say that because so many people will tell you, if you share with them anything of the Bible, particularly the revelation of Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation, they'll say, oh, we're, not, we're never intended to understand that. That wasn't meant for us. That's not meant for our understanding, for us to understand that. That's ridiculous. It's one of God's crowning gifts to his children. I want to show my church something, he says. I want to show my church. I'm going to pull the veil back from my church. You want to know how to live in these hard times when everybody around you is insane but you? You want to know why you're watching the news, shaking, uh, scratching your head, shaking your head, saying, what are they doing? You know, I want to show something to you. I want to reveal Jesus Christ to you. He's the answer. In a world that seems to have gone mad, you're going to find that's absolutely true. They've gone mad. They've lost the little mind that they have because they will not, because of their pride, submit themselves wholly to the Word of God. Praise, praise the Lord. You Amen. lose your mind. Amen. And here's how you know they lose their mind. They'll argue with you and spit in your face and stick their finger on your nose and say things that even they know doesn't make sense. You believe that? And if you're, if you're a Christian living like that, stop it. That's not the witness of Jesus Christ, powered by the Holy Spirit. We are not to push people's nose flat and tell them they're idiots. It all may be true. You don't win souls by name calling and attacking people's character. You don't do it. You win souls by pointing to the cross and talking about Jesus' character. That's how you do it. Jesus revealed to his church through John and we go down a little bit into this chapter and we find out John said, you know what my high crime was? You know why I was on the island of Patmos? You know why I was exiled to Patmos? You know what my crime was? I was witnessing for the testimony of Jesus. I was telling the word of God is true. And that means the capital of the living Jesus Christ, the word and the Bible is true. He was telling little children. He called them little children now. John's an old man when he writes this book. He was the youngest of disciples, first one to the tomb, and, and the only one at, really at the hearing within, within earshot. Peter was standing outside denying him. John was inside loving him. John was close to the theater arena there where Jesus Christ was humiliated before his peers, and John heard every word. John was the only one close to the cross 
John was the one who stood with Jesus' mother with his arm around her at the foot of the cross. And I've come to believe in my studies the last few years that Jesus Christ on the cross was only about two feet off the ground. The conversation was, my son. John takes his mother, Jesus' mother, and they walk up and they stand just close enough to have a conversation with Jesus on the cross. And the Lord looks down and says, Behold your mother. Now she's your mother. You take her home and you treat her like your mother. God help the women in this world who abuse the role of a mother. And God help the men who abuse the role of father. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Jesus, before he died, before he died, as it's recorded, he said, John, now take her home. The next time you see Mary's name in the Word of God, it's in the book of Acts. And she's part of the crowd that's going to get the Holy Spirit. She wasn't prominent. She didn't make noise. She didn't stand out. She didn't scream and testify. She said, she's the one who opened her first thing that she... Uh, says to us is in the second of John where she's at the wedding when he turns the water to wine and she says to all his disciples, she says, whatever he says, do it. That's pretty good teaching. Whatever Jesus said, do that. That'd be the best thing for you to do. I'm telling you, it's still true. And so he says in the end of this book, Revelation 22 and 10, he said to me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. You know what? The first thing he promised was a blessing for our people who read the book and who do what it says. I like this one. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many people, and I don't, don't, don't have to tell me, how many, I want you to know, how many people have a book that has study helps in it? How many people now have a book with study helps? How many of you... Instead of just a King James or a, or a Bible of any kind, NIV or whatever it is, it has references to look up some other passages. Oh, yeah. Here's my challenge this year. No, it's not a challenge. Here's what I'd like to, whoever would, would do this, I'd like for you to do this this year. When you study the book, look up every one of those references. They've, they've gone through some work for you and they've done some homework for you. Look up those, as you read a chapter, look up every one of those references and by the way, while you're looking those up, stay, stay in that passage long enough to get a sense of what it's talking about. Get some understanding of it. I said to the first hour, I say to this hour, to the book of Nehemiah, and I found this verse that says this. And I read. He said, I stood behind the pulpit. I read the word of God distinctly to the people and caused them to gain the sense of it. I read the word of God distinctly in the hearing of the people, and then I caused them to gain the sense of it. Be sure you know what it's saying, and then tell them what it means. And that's been my life call. That's yours too, by the way, if you're a Christian. The Lord said, don't shut this up. That's in direct, in direct opposition to what he told Daniel. Daniel said, I was sick when I got the prophecy. You read the book of Daniel chapter 12, he said, I was sick when I got the prophecy. And he said, Daniel, set up. 
straighten up, set up, be okay. This is not for your day. You seal the writing for now. I gave it to you as a prophecy, and it'll come, not in your day. You'll long be in the grave before this book, this prophecy is fulfilled, but you're the man I wanted to set it out there. He said, now, seal the book. You come to the book of Revelation, and God tells John this, don't seal the book. You tell him, just what I told you. I have a book up here, it's called, a Bible up here, I'm sorry, it's called the Amplified Bible. You have one? You have an Amplified Bible? I study out the Amplified. I want you to hear the first two or three verses with me of the Amplified Bible. It says, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. His unveiling of the divine mysteries. God gave it to him to disclose and to make known to his bondservants certain things which must shortly and speedily come to pass in their entirety. And he sent and communicated through his angel messenger to his bondservant John, who has testified to and vouched for all of that he saw in his visions. And the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, blessed, happy to be happy to be envied, is the man who reads aloud in the assemblies the word of this prophecy. And blessed, happy to be envied are those who hear it read and who keep themselves true to the saying which are written in it, heeding them and laying them to heart. For the time for them to be fulfilled is near. John to the seven assemblies, the churches which are in Asia. May God's grace, God's unmerited favor be granted to you and spiritual peace, the peace of Christ's kingdom from him who is and was and who is to come and from the seven spirits, the sevenfold Holy Spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, first to be brought back to life, and the prince, ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who ever loved us and has once for all loosened and freed, loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. Now, along the way there, there are references to other scriptures that talk about these things. We have Isaiah 11 and verse 2, for the sevenfold spirit at the end of chapter 4, or verse 4. At the end of verse 5, Psalm 89, verse 27, talking about the prince. I looked that up, the prince talks about, about the kingdom, dominion through the ages, Exodus 19.6 and Isaiah 61.6 and it goes on and I'm telling you this if you'll look up the references but what the Amplified Bible does it looks up the words it looks them up in the, in the uh, Strong's Concordance it looks up the words and puts them in the text so you don't have to spend a lot of time going back and forth and you get the sense of it you get the sense of it Praise God. there's a lot of different ways to study and I don't know the best way for you as long as you do it, 
Do it your way. Do it how God directs you. But look up the words. And so I thought, is that true? You know, is that what that really... So who gets the blessing here? The man who reads aloud in the church the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you why it makes me happy. Can I tell you the honor that it is to stand before you week after week and just declare the name of Jesus Christ? What, a, what an honor. To a little boy who spent most of his time in his youth puzzled by what he saw around him. And now I'm a full-grown man, and I'm I grew up twice, and I'm still puzzled by what's going on around me. People who would vehemently, in your face, say, "I'm I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian," and not once bow their knee to Jesus Christ. Not going to do it. You see, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the things that God told me to do. I'm not going to do it. But I am, a, I am a saved person. Folks, do you see with me, if you look, the word messenger here is an angel. But the word servant means bond slave. Isn't this interesting? 2 Peter uh, 1 and 19 says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. A more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well, that take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. First thing we have to decide is if we, if we decide is if we believe the Bible. Do you believe it? And by the word, by the way, I can almost speak this morning. By the way, let me say this to you. The word believe doesn't mean my head says yes. It's not mental assent. Believe is a word, it's actually backwards. It's by live. Do you by live? Do you live by the word of God? Or do you just give mental assent that yes, that's the word of God? Believe, as the Lord used it, to have faith, and the word believe are action words when the Lord spoke them and the Holy Spirit speaks them. It is an action word. You believe it. If you say, I believe it, and you're not doing it, you don't believe it. The Lord say, yep. you can say it all day long. I'm not going to talk like that with you. When you stand before me, I'm not going to say you believed it because you said you believed it. I'm going to say you believed it when you did it. And when you stand before me and we, we look over your life and we give an account for all your days and the gift that I gave you and the purpose that I given to you and the plan I had for you, and when you say you believe me, we're going we're to put that against what you did with the plan. And we're going to see how that checks out. Now, I thought that was the most exciting thing I heard in a long time when I, when I figured that out some years ago. And I meet about one out of a hundred Christians who are excited with me. You know why? I want to do what I want to do. Well, you don't understand. I went to school and I'm good at it. And I got some, I got some academic uh, points to show you how good I am at that. Well, good. Good. As long as you don't miss your calling, that's great. I went to school. I am not against school. I'm against us making our own plans. 
I want to say something to you here this morning. It's very noteworthy, I believe. John, the, the servant here, John, is the writer of the Gospel of John. He's a writer of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And he's the writer of Revelation. Let me just give you a comparison very quickly. I think it's noteworthy and you'd like to know. The Gospel of John was written that people might believe. The epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, that we might be sure. The Revelation was written by John that we might be ready. That's right. The Gospel of John was written about life received. The epistles of John was life revealed. Revelation was written as life renewed. The Gospel of John teaches salvation. The epistles of John teach sanctification. Revelation teaches us sovereignty. Isn't that good? John the Gospel highlights the prophet. The epistles of John highlight the priest. Guess what Revelation highlights? The king. Prophet, priest, and king. And I thought it was a pretty fun discovery when I was studying the word of God. I got into the moments as Christ was going to the cross. And he fulfilled all three of his capacity. He filled all three of his ministries within about ten minutes. He prophesied. He was the priest to the people. And above him they wrote a title that said, King of the Jews. He was prophet, priest, and king in about ten minutes. He always was, but it declares it. He said to the women who were crying, don't cry for me. You cry for those little boys and girls running around your legs right there. You don't cry for me going to the cross today. You cry for your children who in about 70 years, there's going to be an apocalypse because you don't believe me. When those kids are men, when those girls are women and men, you cry for them. Don't cry for me. Prophecy. He said, the day is coming when you'll be so sad that you didn't believe this. And I'm standing here every Sunday and say this. The day is coming when you're going to be very sad if you don't believe this. Now, I know that you're young and got a life to live and you're just about the smartest thing on wheels. I know that. You tell me that all the time. You know what? Brilliance is bowing before Christ. That's intelligence. To bow before Christ. He gives us different abilities. He surely does. There are people out there smarter than me, uh, and they're not hard to find. As long as that's not what you live for. To show how smart you are. That's our introduction this morning. And I want to close this with this because we're going to have uh, communion here in just a few moments. I've been in the ministry and lived this life long enough that I want to talk to you for just a moment. I know that people are hurting. I know people hurt. I know they do. And I, I grew up and I had parents. And I grew up some more and I became a parent. And now I'm a grandparent. And I know that things hurt you along the way. And things happen to you. I know. I was preaching a sermon one day, and 
I was just a young, oh man, I hadn't preached for three months and I got in front of the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of and I said this, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And people just, they, I thought they were going to fall out of the pew. You know what the worst thing you've ever done in your mind is, but can I tell you this? That may not be in God's mind that way at all. You know what you're ashamed of, you know what hurt you the most, you know what the worst thing that ever happened to you or what you believe it was. And I know you're hurting. And I know this. I know that the men that I grew up with, the boys turned to men, now we're getting old. They're either trying to live up to their father or living down, mostly. They're either trying to live up to their father or living down. And the girls that they marry, the young girls when they get married, the young women, why they choose and why they say yes to someone. Why is interesting. Everybody has a past. Everybody has a past. I'm telling you this this morning. It's Jesus Christ that can fix everything. I grew up in a home. I grew up in a home and so did you. Some real good things happened in my home and some things that weren't so good happened in my home. And I believed at 25 years old I could outlive that. I believe I was going to do it right. I believe I was going to do it all right. It didn't happen. I fell down. I fell down sometimes. But I know why people do what they do. I know why people are so headstrong about just going forward with my plan of my life and Christ isn't going to be interfering in this thing. But can I tell you this? It's the only pathway to true happiness. Praise God. It's the only Amen, one. brother. It's the only one. You don't have to be alive very long. You don't have to be alive very long or even be very smart. All you have to do is be attentive and listen to people. I was a boy with my father in a diner one morning, and a guy was over it loud. You know that guy, the loud guy? You got a name for him? You know who I'm talking about? You got a face now? The loud guy, the guy who knows everything. He's over there. He's the only one in the, in the diner that everybody can hear. I said to my dad, why don't he shut up? And he said, I wish he would. I said, Dad, I can't even hear you for him. And he's way over there. And Dad said, the, pe the people who know the least talk the most. The most inferior man in the room talks the loudest. And I said to my dad, what's, what's wrong with that guy? He said, he's an idiot. Now, I don't talk that way because I'm cultured. But he said, that guy's an idiot. He knows it, and he's telling us about it right now. He is the weakest man in the room who knows the least. And he's so insecure, he has to scream. Do you hear it around us in the world? Do you hear the screamers? You know why people are insecure? Because one, they don't know Jesus Christ. The other one is they do, but they're not going to follow him. And they get very insecure. And they get loud. Hateful. Finger pointing. Flared nostrils. Or else they get passive aggressive. If I don't like the conversation, I'm just going to go over here and be, be a part of it and live in my own little land. Folks, we're going to go through the instruction of Jesus Christ to the churches. 
and I'm telling you as plainly as I know how, it was to seven churches, real churches. And you read those this week, and you reread them this week, and you study the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. We'll get to it. But here's how he introduced himself. Here's how Jesus Christ, through the angel, the messenger, introduced himself. The title that he gave when he introduced himself was the answer to the problem they were having. He said, I am. And when he said, I am, the title he gave was the problem, the answer to the problem they had. And here's what. Here's what I told them all. All of them. I know everything. And I love you. You're hurting yourself. I commend you for this. And if you'll quit doing this, you'll, you'll, you'll be so much better off. Because if you do this, I have to come in and judge you. I'm righteous. And by the way, I love you. And real love doesn't let harm happen if it can stop it. Jesus said, I love you. I died for you. I'm provided for you. I've given you. And you have all that you need to do the right thing. And he, and he introduced himself. And his title was the answer to the problem they were having. That will give you such a head start on your study. And he concluded every message with this. If you have an ear to hear, listen. Do you hear me? I don't know where you grew up. My dad was a big, loud man. He didn't say much in the house, but outside he was loud. You could hear him on the whole farm when he was giving instruction. He was loud. And I was little, he was big, and he was loud. In my estimation, as a little boy, he was loud. When he was telling me what to do, he made sure that I knew it, and anybody in the three-mile radius knew that I knew it. And then when he gave me the instruction, he said, tell me what I said. And I'd repeat it. I thought, if he can't remember that long, I don't think I have to do it. But I told him what he said. And then he said, listen, I'm getting ready to go do what it was. And he'd snap his finger and say, little boy, look at me. Did you hear me? I thought, Lord, everybody heard you. They're going to be neighbors doing stuff. You know what Jesus says to me? 6 a.m., dark outside. A cup of coffee in my left hand, a Bible in my right. You know what the Lord said? Boy, do you hear me? Did you hear what I said to you? <clears throat> Did you hear what I said? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Did you know you can sit here this morning with your ears closed? Did you know you can shut your spirit down and say, that's not for me? That's not for me? No, that's not for me. I don't know if there's a plan and purpose for my life. I know what I'm going to do, and it's not for me. It's not for me. And you'll curse, and the collateral damage will go through your great-grandchildren. But you can sit there and say, not for me. You know, I'm involved in a study. Well, I've got a plan, and I'm doing what I'm doing. And okay. But I want to say to you this. Unsuccessful at the judgment seat is going to be success in the wrong thing in this life. Did you know God can give you money if he wants you to have money? He'll give you a home if he wants you to have a home. A man ought to get up and a woman, a people ought to work. They ought to go after it in the daytime. They ought to do what they're supposed to do. They ought to be busy about the business. Just make sure it's a proper business. 
the revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your testimony. We thank you for John who was willing to be exiled. Not in your word, but the things that the historian said that happened to John and he endured them all. And said, I was glad to serve my Lord because I know him. And you'll do well if you serve him too. And here's how. Lord, as we open this study, as we look through the writings of John and the other apostles, the prophets before them, all of it the Holy Spirit, and Father, we pray you would just teach us what it means to serve you well. And then, and then, give us the strength and the courage to do it. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for loving us. Bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have a communion this morning. We've been going to have communion for four weeks. And today we're going to. I'm thankful. Well, we, things have come up. Did you go outside? Well, the deacons come up here. Christian, if you belong here or not, we don't have a membership, but you belong here if you're a Christian, you're welcome to the communion. You're welcome to the table. Jesus died for our sins. Aren't you grateful? Man, aren't you grateful? He allows so much in our lives contrary to what he commands us, and yet we're going to die and go to heaven. grateful, the less you're going to do outside of his will. So I want to give you, the, before we have our sharing of the Lord's table, I want to give you a warning from the Word of God. The Bible says, and Paul wrote this to the Corinthians, who were a rowdy bunch, they were vulgar people, they were sinners, and they enjoyed it. It was open, and it was raucous. But Paul wrote this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That would be death. 
For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So I'm going to give you a moment. I want to take a moment of silent prayer. You ask the Lord. You ask the Lord by the Holy Spirit. Is there anything you need to confess before you take the... I'm not trying to tell you not to. I want you to. I want us all as a family to come to the table. To remember the Lord and the shedding of his blood and the breaking of his body. But the Bible says, know this, if you take it unworthily, if you have known sin that you have not confessed, you're drinking damnation to yourself. You're taking damnation to yourself. You'll be judged for it. Could be in your body. Could be a sickness. Could be a number of things. And so we're going to have a moment of silence, silent prayer. And then we'll partake. Pray with me. So, Father, we just ask that you would hear us. Forgive us our failures, our shortcomings. We confess that we sin, we confess that we're weak, and Father, just ask you to forgive us, to wash us, cleanse us. We celebrate today your washing away of our sins. We celebrate today that you call us to your family. Lord, today we're grateful. We're grateful that at the end of this short journey, you'll take us home. Lord, we love you. We love you this morning. We thank you for loving us. Be with us now. Forgive us now in Jesus' name. Amen. This is both in one, folks. This is both in one, so.
God, we're blessed to be here. Father, we thank you for your word and for your son and for your Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you now to, as we partake of this bread that represents the body of your son on the cross, Father, we just pray that you would bless this to us and, and uh, help us to remember our sins, Father, and our transgressions against you. And we pray for the forgiveness of those, Father. And again, we thank you for who you are. In Christ's name we pray. said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do, and remember some things. same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me Saturday to do a funeral for a friend of ours who had pneumonia. God spared you. We have a lot of things in this congregation. Not there's not problems in here, but there are problems just living in the world. Pray for each other. That's what I want to say. Yes, let's have this. So he's having a surgery that is extremely risky tomorrow. 
ventricular atrial device. And so they're going in and putting two little devices on the top of his heart on each side that will literally pump his heart for him until he can get his heart transplant. Um, so they innovated him so that they could get him to be more stable before the heart transplant, or before the VAD on. How, how old is he? He just turned five. Just turned five. Yeah. They're doing surgery this early this week? Monday. Monday Mon morning is the VAD surgery, as long as he continues to be stable today. Yeah. Good name? Jake. 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 Thank you. Little Jake we've been praying for. Yeah. Would you pray harder if he was your son? I would... I would uh, urge everyone to pray for uh, Julie Posh as she's in Uganda right now. Uh, it's not just in another country, but the, the terrorists have decided that Uganda should be one of their big big ones to knock over. Uh, they will be quite active in the, as we see the coming days, and she's right in the middle of it. Anything else? Thank you for the day you've given us. And thank you for a day of worship. A day that we can come and today of all days be uh, take the communion that we might be thoroughly cleansed, that we might uh, take note and, and remind ourselves of all things that we've done wrong. We just ask that we might be able to help other people as we go through this life what little knowledge we have, we ask that we might be able to share it with others, that maybe we can help them be closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Yeah. I got to work on my day. Yeah. 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 Y